Back to Hancock and Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference. On News Radio 1120, KMOX. Well, as you know, or you may not know, but my daughter is a therapist. I took her to the airport this morning, and she was telling me about uh, an advisory that came out from the United States uh, Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, uh, late last month about the dangers of social media in, in young people. And the advisory goes on to talk about uh, the need for these platforms and parents and creators to do a much better job of monitoring uh, the, both the time and the content that their children are consuming on these various platforms. Joining us to discuss this advisory is Dr. Mitch Princeton, Ph.D. He's the chief science officer uh, for the American Psychological Association. Dr. Princeton, welcome to KMOX. And uh, what kinds of things are in this advisory that folks need to know? Well, we have enough research now to demonstrate that there are some ways social media can be helpful and some ways that it might be harmful. So we need to be paying attention, lawmakers, tech companies, parents, educators, and teens themselves all have things they can be doing to make sure they're getting the best possible social media experience. Yeah, and as it rela- are we seeing differences uh, as it relates to young boys and young girls? Is it affecting them both equally, and how does it affect them? Well, we're seeing different things, uh, but a lot of them are affecting boys and girls. A few things that are particularly important. One is probably most important is the way that there might be a relationship between social media use and kids developing brains. And this is the second most important time in our lives for how the brain develops after the first year of life. Um, A brain is reorganizing. It's becoming more of an adult brain. And the time we spend on social media, if it interferes with sleep, Um, that's going to change the size of adolescent brains and also how the brain works. We're also seeing that social media, the likes and the the artificial intelligence is actually changing how our brain responds to what we see in ways that might change how the brain develops during those critical adolescent years. Um, What's the average time that young people are spending on social media in a day? And is there a standard that a parent should be saying, I mean, they can't keep this stuff from their kids, but could they limit it? And what would be that time limit? Yeah, the amount of time the kids are spending right now is way too much. Um, You know, we have one study that demonstrates the kids were spending on average, average eight hours a day, which sounds crazy if you don't remember that they're doing that usually for three, four hours at night when they should be asleep. And they're probably multitasking while they're sitting at the dinner table, too. Um, We don't have an exact number that we're offering. And the reason why is because it totally depends on what you're doing on social media. If you are reading the news and talking with your friends and developing relationships, you could probably spend a lot of time on there and be okay. But if you're just trying to get likes and followers and being directed towards pretty negative content, then, you know, we really want to limit that as much as possible. Dr. Mitch Princeton joins us. He's the chief science officer for the American Psychological Association. He joins us on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. Some of the content that's out there, doctor, uh, the violence that is seen, you know, some of some of these, you know, mass shooters who record their grisly deeds, put them on TikTok, and kids have access to some of that stuff. That's got to be destabilizing for society. It absolutely is. I mean, the polarization that's being magnified is a concern as well. But what a lot of parents don't realize is that about 50% of kids tell us that by the end of high school, 
they've already been directed to one or more sites that teach them how to either cut themselves or engage in anorexia-like behaviors and specifically encourage them to do so and encourage them to conceal that from their parents. And they teach them how to do that. And that's obviously really concerning. No question. And and I, I, there's a lot of problem with body image. Uh, people get, you know, ridiculed for their body image. Depression ensues from that. A lot of anxiety in youth. And, and so much of that is driven uh, by some of these social media sites. That's right. And it's one of the reasons why, rather than giving a specific amount of time or giving a specific age, we're recommending that just like we give kids a driver's license, but only after, at a certain age, but only after they've demonstrated competence on how to use a car safely, that we let kids on social media after they've learned social media literacy that helps them to know what to avoid, what are the risks, what are the mistakes they might make so they can be safe when they're on these platforms. Yeah, and you think about the peer pressure of folks who, you know, their friends may be on social media. Their parents are limiting their social media, but there's mom and dad sitting scrolling social media at nighttime, and kids think, well, what's good for me is not good for you. Uh, parents need to set an example by doing it themselves. You know, every talk that we give to a group of parents about their kids, some smart parent raises their hand and says, actually, I think a lot of this applies to me, too. And I think my kids are watching me do some of these things. And we're always glad when there's that awareness, because the research does suggest that kids learn a lot of this behavior from their parents. Yeah. And how much of a problem is it where the, the communication breakdowns, which are natural as kids are you know, trying to exert their independence, but the communication breakdowns where kids and parents aren't even talking about some of the disturbing things that the kids may be exposed to. That's got to be just a, a very nasty little Petri dish there to create all kinds of ill. Yeah, in science, uh, we refer to it as technoference, which is the idea that kids feel that their parents are paying attention to their phones at times that kids want them to be paying attention to, to them, to the kids. Um, and it is something that kids are noticing and we all fall prey to. We need to be aware that in some cases we are controlling our devices and our social media, but in other cases it's controlling us. And we have to start imposing some limits on how much we let machines make social decision choices for us now. If a parent's looking for information and resources on what they ought to be doing, do you uh, have a place where they can go and find that? APA.org, our American Psychological Association website now has uh, two pieces written directly for parents with some conversation starters between them and their kids and some very helpful, easy tips to get things started. We want to thank Dr. Mitch Prinstein, Ph.D., Chief Science Officer of the American Psychological Association, for being our guest. When we return, Michael, we're going to be joined by the smartest man in the world. Is there life out there, maybe? Is there UFOs uh, buzzing around out in the space? Dr. Ray Arvidsson is going to join us, and that's next on KMOX. KMOX News Time is 928, brought to you by Jerry Kelly Heating and Cooling.